Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 16. We're in a conversation series called The Heart of Worship. Now this two-week series is all about helping Christians to discover the postures of worship and to live them out daily. Today I'm joined by College Campus Ministry and Worship Leader Anna Lake to help us understand how to have a sacrificial posture of worship. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Super excited about today's episode as we continue our conversation series called The Heart of Worship. Today, I am joined by probably one of uh, my most favorite students I ever got to uh, serve in student ministry. Uh, she is uh, the college campus ministries coordinator and worship leader at Kentucky Wesleyan College in Owensboro, Kentucky. Welcome to the show, Miss Anna Lake. Say hi to everybody for us. Hi. <laughs> oh, gosh, this is going to be a great episode. Anna uh, lives in Owensboro, Kentucky, and she uh, was one of the students that I got the privilege of serving during my volunteer years at Owensboro Christian Church. And well, not just her, but she comes with a family. Uh, I think we all do, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a bit more attached than the average. <laughs> yeah, than the average family, right. The Lake family, uh, which, man, if you're listening, Lake family, just know how much I love you guys. Have always appreciated Alan and Julie and Logan and Zach and Katie Howard now. Uh, you guys have been tremendous in my life and it was an honor to be able to serve you guys. And so years ago I was, uh, walking in our student ministry building and there's this group of, of students and this girl just kind of sitting there and quiet. I walked over to them and introduced myself and they thought this guy is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't remember that day at all. Yeah. You guys are sitting in the corner and I walked over and I was like, Hey guys, my name is Michael. Okay, now I remember. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember later on, you guys are telling me like, we thought you were crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm 100% an introvert. So when you have somebody popping up into your little circle, it's kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy. I bet. bet. Well, Anna, to get us started here, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'll When I was reading the questions you gave me, I was very comfortable with answering the last two. But the first one, um, I I just don't like talking about myself in the slightest, no matter who's asking me the question. It just makes me uncomfortable. So I texted one of my best friends and I was like, hey, I'm on this podcast next week. The first question right out of the bat is, who am I as a person? Um, (laughs) I was like, I can't answer this. I need you to answer it for me. And she just laughed. (laughs) Um, so she was like, fine. And she just gave me one word responses. She was probably busy at the time. She was like, here you go, you know, take it or leave it. (laughs) Um, So she was like, I, you know, I see you as someone being genuine, driven, kind, um, super detail oriented and encourager level head, uh, smart. She did have to add stubborn in there, of course. Um, caring, Yeah, yeah. Uh, dependable uh, and loyal. So I was like, thanks. That's exactly what I needed. Now I don't have to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) Check. Check. Uh, So yeah, the second one of uh, what do I do? um, You pretty much already answered that by uh, sharing what my title was. I'm the campus ministries coordinator at Kentucky Wesleyan College. 
in Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, of all places. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, am immensely blessed, um, by what my job has turned into. Um, my first year employed here, we started with four interns and now we have 16. Wow. Um, so that, that's huge. We started with, uh, four departments for interns to even apply for. Um, and now we have 10 different departments, um, that that interns can apply for. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely huge. We have a one weekly chapel service. We have a a biweekly evening service and we have, um, I think it's six or seven weekly small groups that are going, uh, simultaneously, simultaneously. Um, so it's huge. Yeah, I constantly feel like I'm a, a running around <laughs> like a chicken with my head cut off, but uh, I love it. So that's great. That's great. And so, tell us a little bit, like, what led you there? What was your journey to start doing that? Yeah. So for me, uh, being born and raised in the church, there basically, whenever the doors were open, the transition from high school to college was a lot more difficult than I imagined it being. Um, I was like, you know, churches, you know, have to have this ministry that look exactly like high school ministry, but just for older people. Um, and the response that I got back from a lot of churches in my local area, um, as a freshman in college was, you know, we're either too small where we can't afford to hire a college pastor. Um, or if we are big enough to maybe afford it, uh, we don't really know how to navigate it. Um, college students are very unreliable, undependable people, um, but they also have insane schedules. Um, so they were just like, we really just don't know when to even schedule anything, um, or even how to structure it. Um, and that's kind of as far as I got. Um, so when I came here to Wesleyan and I met my now boss, Sean Toms, um, he really just poured his heart out for college ministry, um, and just raising, raising the level of, you know, owning and growing your own faith. Don't rely on your parents to take you to church. Don't rely on your parents to get you plugged into a small group. Um, and that was really huge for me. Um, so I immediately jumped in to an internship here on campus, um, as a student and very quickly through conversations with Sean, um, he started just saying like, you know, I really believe that this is where you're meant to be. Um, what do you feel about me hiring you after you graduate? Um, as the assistant to this department. Um, and at the time he didn't even have, you know, any funds to hand me. Um, it was a department of one. Uh, so I was like, so basically you're offering me a job, but you're not offering me any pay because you don't know where it's going to come from. (laughs) He was like, basically. So I said, yes. Um, (laughs) as crazy as that sounds. Um, yeah. And here I am today. That's awesome. And uh, I totally, I totally get where you came from or were coming from at that time. You know, I went to Bible college in Louisville, Kentucky, and, you know, Bible college kind of acted as a college ministry for me. And then I got plugged into the college ministry at Southeast Christian in Louisville, uh, which was a great college ministry. And then when I moved to Owensboro and started going to Owensboro Christian, you know, there wasn't a college ministry at the time. And I was struggling just like you try to find my place and how to keep you know, have community to help my faith grow. And I met this guy uh, just through uh, just coincidence, uh, John Bell, 
who, uh, as you know, as our was our student pastor at the time. And he said, hey, why don't you just get plugged in and give back, you know, help help those kids who who are younger than you to grow in their faith. And so that's when I became a volunteer in student ministry. And here's a here's a little nugget for you, Anna. Um, uh, the campus ministry pastor or director, whatever you guys call him, before your boss was a guy named Kent Lewis. He ended up, yeah, he ended up marrying my wife and I. So Kent is very special to us. Oh yeah. And Kent was a huge um, influence in my life when I was at KWC. So I have a very, yeah, I have a very special place for the campus ministry at um, KWC. So I'm so glad that you're a part of that. And speaking of which, we're in a series called The Heart of Worship. And we're talking about uh, the postures that Christians um, should take themselves as they live out the daily worship to Jesus. And so today we're talking about this posture of sacrificial worship. So what you do for us uh, is define in your own words and experience, what is worship? And then on top of that, what makes it sacrificial? Yeah. So to answer the first question, I, I guess defining worship from a very generic standpoint um, would be worship is putting something above everything else in your life um, or fixating on that thing. Um, and I, the, the second point, uh, when you connect worship to our relationship with God is having the mindset where you intentionally walk into where you're truly understanding how broken we are without a savior um, and how much we are in need of a savior. And that moment that we really understand that we can begin to enter into a moment of worshiping God for, for basically what he's done for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I totally, I like that definition that worship is putting something above everything, putting something above everything in our life, above our, our desires and our wants, above our circumstances, above our situation and says, no, that no matter what, this is what I'm going to invest myself in. This is what I'm going to give myself to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you think that's what Paul had in mind? The apostle Paul, when he wrote um, to the Roman Christians, he said, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Yeah, I, I really love the entirety of Romans. Um, read it multiple times. But um, when you shared that verse with me, I was like, yeah, that absolutely just hits home. So, yeah, absolutely. So to you then, what does it mean to be sacrificial in worship? Yeah, so I think that sacrificial worship can look in many different ways. It's not just worship in music, um, but it can be worship in, you know, tithes and offering. It can be worship in, in how we receive, um, you know, what our pastor is telling us, but sacrificial worship is having that heart and that mindset of, I am giving everything I am giving more than I may even have to give, but I'm giving it with a mindset of, you know, having complete love for my savior. Um, and I mean, it reminds me of the story in the Bible of the woman who, who gave all of her money away, you know, as a tithe and an offering. Yeah. Um, 
while people were giving, you know, 10 times as much as she was, but they weren't giving with a sacrificial heart. Um, and, and God recognized the way that she was giving and saw it more valuable than how others were giving around her. Right. No, that's, that's so good. And, you know, because I think it's easy for us to say, especially those who follow Jesus to be like, Oh, you know, I worship God when I sing, I worship God, you know, and others get it when they say, Oh, I worship God in everything I do. But it can be often very hard to worship God when we have to actually give up something and not just like, I mean, ties and, you know, finances is one thing like, you know, we, that can be hard too, but in other areas, things that we don't think we should have to give up and God asks us to, it can be very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I love this quote by uh, blogger, David uh, Sanstevian. He said this, he said, if we're honest, our lives can be more about pursuing ease and safety than it is about sacrificial worship and following the savior to the darkest places. Mm, I really, really like that because at the end of the day, like God didn't say that our walk with him was going to be easy. He actually told us it wasn't going to be easy. Yeah. Um, so when I'm in conversations, even with my students and, you know, people at, at church and everything and my friends where they're going through something difficult, you know, my very analytical response is like, well, you kind of signed up for this, but I have to channel my, my emotion side and be like, you know, I understand what you're going through is difficult. Um, but you know, it's also what God has called us to do as followers of him. Oh yeah. I, and here's the thing. I'm not, uh, as analytical as you. Um, but there are times that I'm like, when I, somebody is, you know, with me and they're struggling or, and they'll, they'll say something. I'm like, what do you, you, why are you surprised? Right. If you read the Bible, you know that these things are going to come right, right. now. Let's be honest. None of us could have predicted COVID-19, right? <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. None of us could have predicted uh, murder hornets or <laughs> sandstorms or California fires <laughs> like I'm dealing with or um, uh, one of the most intense flare ups of racial tensions we've seen in our country since the 60s. Right. right? No right. one could have predicted those things. But should we be surprised? No, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest, because our worship to God means sometimes we're going to have to give up some comfort, right? Which leads me to the inspiration of this whole series called the heart of worship. And I I told you this is that I was uh, somehow I happened to land on your Instagram and I saw a picture that you posted of a tattoo you got about um, this mysterious girl who pours this very expensive perfume on Jesus how has that inspired your view of sacrificial worship? Yeah. So I, I got that tattoo, um, December 27th of last year, um, having no clue just with everybody else, how crazy, uh, 2020 was going to be and how much I was going to be put to the test of every time I looked down and be like, okay, technically I did sign up for this. (laughs) Doesn't make it any easier. Uh, but yeah, I love I love that story of just the the concept of you know this woman walking in and she has nothing to offer but this very expensive perfume that she has and she just gives it away she she pours it on his feet and she begins washing his feet um, 
And for me, when I read that story and I look at how the disciples respond to her, uh, for me, that's huge because these are people that spend day in and day out with Christ. Um, and yet they, you know, they kind of made fun of her in a way. And I'm like, you know, if that's not showing us something, then that like, that's huge. Um, that even if we are walking the path that Christ has called us for, we could still be ridiculed and made fun of even by individuals that call themselves Christians. Um, so that's why we just have to, you know, as cliche as it sounds, we just have to put on that armor of God and, you know, just keep on keeping on into the path that we feel like he's guiding us on. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so good. I mean, it's funny that in this season of time, we've seen more animosity towards each other than we've probably ever seen. And so, you know, our worship to God has put us in, in way of people on, honestly, people that we thought maybe walked with us, people that we thought cared about us and situations that we've had to just kind of come open-handed to say, you know what, man, this isn't mine's, this is the Lord's. And so whatever happens in it, Lord, you know, I'm going to trust you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think something that's super unique about this story that I mentioned to you was I, I saw three things in there that I thought were unique that people kind of pass over in this story. I saw a willingness, you know, this mysterious girl, she, you know, no one knows who she is and she comes out of nowhere. And that perfume in that time and period was super expensive. That's like, you know, it'd be like buying, I mean, I'm not, I'm a guy, so I don't buy perfume, but I'd imagine <laughs> like, you I don't know, buy perfume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, I'd imagine like something like Chanel or Gucci or, or Dolce or something like that. That's super yeah, expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't even know what their names are. I <laughs> no, got nothing. Um, but something's like, imagine the most expensive, uh, uh, musical equipment you could find. Right. And then oh, yeah. going and trashing it for the sake of somebody else. Right. Like she probably took, probably took her a whole life. So there was a willingness, there was a cost. And then there was a benefit because she was willing to give it all up yeah. because she understood that the person she was pouring that perfume on was worth more than the perfume itself. 100%. And so I didn't, I didn't put this question on there, Anna. So I'm going to hit you by surprise. Yay. (laughs) But I'm wondering how, I'm wondering why and how is it difficult for us to count the costs when we sign up, when we say, God, we will worship you no matter what and whatever season. Why, why do we find that so difficult? I think, again, you know, you're throwing this on me, so this may sound terrible. Um, But I think when we sign up to follow Christ, um, we don't completely understand what we're signing up for. Um, I think there are stages in life that we go through where we understand a little bit more of what we've signed up for. Um, Because I think that beginning stage is understanding our brokenness and our need of a Savior. Um, and you know, he, he does save us and has saved us on the cross. But then when we begin living our life for him, um, (laughs) and we notice that it's not perfect or we notice that we stumped our toe one day or that, you know, we're struggling financially, we give, we begin asking ourselves and being reminded of the, the idea that, 
Christ did not promise us an easy life um, and even the exact opposite. Um, and, you know, we look at scripture for guidance, um, but like the disciples, they walked away from everything. Um, yeah. For them, they they didn't know where their next meal was coming from half the time or where they were you know, going to lay their heads that night. Uh, and I think we look at those stories and we don't look at them as in present day. Um, and in many ways we could honestly look at them as fictional, even though we understand to some degree that they're true. Um, we never put ourselves in, in that scenario of that could happen to me. Yeah. Um, until it does, you know, I have very near and dear friends where, um, you know, the husband lost his job for, for six months, um, and tried looking for employment every single day and got nothing. Um, and I, you know, walked through that with them and every single day they were like, you know, we, uh, we didn't sign up to lose our job, obviously. Right. But we didn't sign up for an easy life either. So the way that they reacted in that scenario was huge because they kept their faith. Like, sure, they had moments where they broke down with stress or, you know, or tears. But after, after that, they you know, clean themselves back up and they're like, okay, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's yeah. so good. That's so good. Well, Anna, why don't you bring us home here? What are two to three things, uh, the uncommon Christian, uh, can do to move to a more, um, posture to, to really find themselves in a posture of sacrificial worship? Sure. Um, so the first one I wrote down was to be genuine, um, for me, whether or not it's wor- has to do with worship or a- another area in your life that is considered worship, um, for me, because I am on and off stage very frequently, I want to make sure that my worship off stage, sitting in a seat, is going to look the exact same as when I'm on stage leading others in worship. Um, I'm not going to be the person that is uncomfortable raising my hands when I'm off stage, but I'm comfortable raising them on stage because I, I'm trying to put on some performance. Um, yeah. So yeah, the first good. one is definitely being genuine. Um, second one is plan enough. Um, I say that because I am a planner, but things always change. Um, so you always want to be diligent of what God has given us. Um and plan and, and, and be responsible for the gifts that we have. Um, and I say enough because, you know, things are always going to change. Um, God's always going to, you know, g- give us a sharp, right turn um, when we least expect it. Um, but I still think we should be diligent in planning. Um, and the last one is be open. That really connects with the top two of just be open for the unknown, be open for the possibility um, and be open to, you know, having your schedule completely, completely wrecked. You know, I have students walk in on a Monday morning when I have a long list of things to do and they're like, Hey, my life is falling apart. I need to talk to someone. (laughs) And my gut reaction is like, well, I have a long list of things to do. Can this wait? Um, but in reality it can't, you know, because we're called to be disciples and to make disciples. Um, so to just be open to any possibility that, that God has called us on. Those are so good. Those are great. I love those. Be genuine. Man, I love the, I love the phrasing, you know, to make sure that my worship 
off stage. And so for somebody that doesn't lead worship, the way I would translate this is when you're not in front of people, how are you worshiping God? Right. Yeah. So that your worship off stage is just as important as your worship on stage. Uh, plan enough. Be diligent with what God has given, man. Be grateful and steward well the resources, the time, the space, the relationships, your energy that God has given you right now. Right. And then be open. Be open. One of the core values at our church is that um, we be real. Right. And so be real open with with who you are and what God is doing in your life. Be ready for the unknown. I love those, Anna. Those are really good. Thanks for joining the show today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. She did a great job, didn't she, guys? (laughs) All right. I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which will help this show reach more people. And you guys know what I say. This is not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus, and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.